This is How Shall They Hear, a production of New Testament Christian Church of Renton, Washington. We hold services every Sunday morning at 1030 at 13470 Martin Luther King Jr. Way South, Renton, Washington, 98178. You can reach us by email at ntccrenton at gmail.com. Taking my Bible reading from the Gospel of Matthew today, chapter 6, we'll start in verse 25. Matthew 6, starting in chapter 25, uh, chapter 6, verse 25, excuse me, Matthew 6, 25. This is Jesus speaking. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body. What ye shall put on is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the, f- of the field. How they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink? Or withal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And I actually want to take my text from Philippians. Taking my text from Philippians, chapter 4, verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And with the help of the Holy Ghost this morning, I want to preach on the title, Living in Certain Times. Living in Certain Times. Sir, would you stand and pray for the message, messenger, this morning? Our loving Father, we thank you once again to be in the house of the Lord. We thank you for waking us up this morning to hear thy word. Lord God, we thank you, dear Lord God, for filling thy presence already in the service. And we love you, Lord, how you move and direct. Things may not be the way as we plan, but we know that in your way is planned. But we ask that you will bless our brother as he minister the word, speak to our hearts, challenge us, dear Lord God, move through the whole week as we carry on in our day. We ask that you will give us the strength to be able to witness to people, speak to hearts as well. And we just love you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Appreciate you, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. No doubt 2020 
The year 2020 has been an interesting year so far. Uh, about six months into it, or six months into this year, and right from the very get-go, things have kind of been a little hectic, been a little crazy. A lot of things have happened, which has caused a lot of change to the normalcy of our lives. Unless you've been living in the woods and you have no idea what's going on, uh, we are definitely living in some craziness right now. These changes have not left many with a feeling of closure, but of uncertainty. And many will say that we are living in uncertain times. But for the believer, we are not living in uncertain times. But we are living in certain times. Now looking at our Bible reading before we go any further, this is uh, Jesus' famous Sermon on the Mount. He was teaching the people how to live godly lives. Practical things. How to handle certain situations that you may find yourself in. And he came to this subject that we read here in Matthew 6 and 25 through 34 about worry. He says in these verses to take no thought about your life. What you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. Now, due to the COVID-19, many people have been laid off or have had their hours cut. Now, here we are, you know, about five months into it here in America. It doesn't seem like there's going to be an end in sight. Now they're talking about resurgencing of it, different uh, a phase two of it. It's coming back. Uh, it's not dying down. It's growing. They're saying that in-person schooling, as in the schools, may not happen in this fall. They may not open up. Uh, sports leagues and sports teams are shutting down. Some states have returned to complete shutdowns. Businesses are closing their doors for good. Then we add on top of that the various killings, protests, political drama, and a few of those giant hornets that they've been talking about. And we can see why people are saying that these are uncertain times. People don't know what is happening. People don't know how it's all going to end. People don't know what lies on the morrow. Many may say that this portion of the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus was pre preaching was a little bit outdated. How could he say not to worry about tomorrow? How could he say not to worry about what to eat and what to drink or what clothes? He's a little bit behind on the times. Jesus wasn't dealing with what we're dealing with today. This is what they're saying. But there's many who can say that this sermon is right on time. It's right on time. We've been singing it. We've been talking about it. It's right here in the message. God knows what we had need of today. Praise God. It's right on time. He, he says here that those are the things that the Gentiles seek. Therefore take no thought saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or with all shall we be clothed. And in parentheses for all these things are the things that the Gentiles seek. Now he speaks of the Gentiles a.k.a. the non-Jews. At the time he was preaching, he was preaching to the Jews. So when he's referring to the Gentiles because the gospel had not come to the Gentiles, he's really referring to the sinners of the world. 
That's what the sinners of the world, those that do not have Christ in their life, seek after. What's tomorrow? What am I going to eat today? What am I going to wear? Where am I going to live? All these things. That's what the loss of the world focus on. What I need now. Jesus was referring to the unbelievers. However, one group of people who I have seen that have not shown too much worry or concern about these events that bring uncertainty are us believers. Christians have not shown a, a spirit of worry, a spirit of fear with everything that's going on. The unbelievers of this world have an attitude of worry and concern. Just go on the news outlets and the conversations on the, the news Facebooks and the comments. You can see all this back and forth. People, what am I going to do here? What are we going to do? We need to do this. We need to do that. It's a lot of yelling all over the internet. Congress going back and forth. Open this. Don't open that. We need to do this. We need this here. Help. We need help here. We need help there. There's confusion in the land. There's worry in the land. And it's because they don't have Jesus. But what makes the believers different? Well, I just told you. And one of the criticisms that Christians are facing currently is wanting to have church during the presence of this COVID-19 virus. Many assume that Christians are careless, stubborn, selfish. But the truth is that while the unbelievers are living in uncertain times, we as believers are living in certain times. We're not living in the same time they are. What do you mean? We're all living in 2020. We're living on the same date, but we're not living in the same frame of mind. We're not living with the same spirit as the loss of the world. Now we know not to tempt the Lord. And this is my disclaimer for the day. We know not to tempt the Lord. As believers, we know that there is a line between faith and foolishness. Or we should know. Jesus knew it also. Matthew 4 and 5. Then the devil taketh him up to the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. What Satan was trying to do was tell Jesus, Go ahead and just throw yourself down from the temple. Take a leap of faith, Jesus. Does not the scripture say that God will command his angels to catch you? Putting it in layman's terms. He'll, he's supposed to catch you. That's what the scripture says. But we know what Jesus' reply was. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Just because you are a Christian does not mean that the laws of physics don't apply. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you can't catch the coronavirus. You absolutely can. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you don't have to wear a seatbelt. You absolutely have to still wear a seatbelt. However, there are times to take precaution, but then there are times that we need to have some faith. 
There are times when we cannot just hunker down and live in fear because God has not given us a spirit of fear. And there are times where we do have to make sure we do things right, decent, and in order. But there are times when we have to say things are going too far and I'm not going to let it hold me back from God. I'm not going to keep the doors of the church shut forever. We got this time that we did it. We waited for the reopening. We, 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 we found other ways to promote the word of God, to uh, send the word of God and the gospel out to many. But you know what? It's good to be back in the house of the Lord. And we're not going to let some little virus continue to plague our lives. We're going to trust in God, pray to God, hope in God, do what we're supposed to do, clean, keep our distance, but we're going to continue to worship God. We're not going to be afraid of what we hear on the news. The, the believer has a different attitude. Funerals are not the same when a believer is deceased and the attendees are believers. A ruler, in our case, a president or a governor, doesn't impact the believer as it would the unbeliever. Sickness is viewed differently. A job loss is viewed differently. Even being done wrong by someone is viewed and handled differently by the believer than it is the unbeliever. Because we know what's behind it. We know that there's something over it. We know what the Bible tells us and how to handle these situations. We're not uh, confused by when things so drastically change in our society. We know that God is still in control. And because of that, we have a certainty, while the loss of the world have uncertainty. Before we gave our lives to Christ, we were lost. Being lost brings uncertainty. It's like being lost in the woods. Or maybe if you were a little kid, being lost in the grocery store, you can't find your parents, you decide to, to run down the aisle or... Uh, get distracted by something. Your parents told you to stand by the cart and you didn't. And you got lost. And what happened? You started to freak out. You started to get all scared. You're in the woods. You don't know where you're at. And it leads them to these questions. Where am I? These are the questions asked by the unbelievers. Where am I? How did I get here? Which way do I go? What dangers wait for me out here? What will I find at the end? Where am I? And then people say, you know, you talk to all these people who have reached at the bottom of the barrel. How did I even get here? What started my decline? And then how do, where do I go? Which way? Which is the right path? Which is the right quote-unquote religion? Who am I supposed to go and seek? There's so many. What dangers wait for you out there? If you're lost in the woods, there's bears, there's uh, cougars, there's uh, mountain lions. I think they're kind of the same thing. If you're in the swamp or the, the, some sort of uh, down Louisiana or something, there's snakes and uh, alligators. Uh, if you're in the desert, uh, more snakes. There's snakes everywhere. There's snakes everywhere. Scorpions. What dangers? And then really what will you find at the end? Will you find where you're supposed to go? Your final destination. Most of the world is lost. They ask themselves these questions every day. But for those who make the decision to follow Christ, they know where they are going. 
Psalm 37 and 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. No one, even believers, know exactly what the next day holds. It's not like us Christians get some sort of vision as we lay our head down at night that shows us exactly what's going to happen. But for us believers, we do know exactly what is in store for us and we don't have to worry about what's going to happen tomorrow because our God is the one who is in charge of creating the new day. We may not know what's going to happen at work, but we know that God's going to be with us no matter what. We don't, have to, we don't know exactly what we're going to eat, but we do know that we are going to eat. We may not know what clothes to wear, but we have something to wear. And that's what God gives us. And he creates that day for us. He's the one that raises the sun. We don't have to worry about the sun not rising up on us. We know it'll rise on us. We know that God is going to be the one that wakes us up. Whether we wake up here on earth or wake up in heaven, we know that we will wake up. Our future is written. When we gave our lives to Jesus, he went ahead and laid the path before us. When we die, we know where we are going. Death has no sting on the believers. People are left in shock and dismay when someone dies. But amongst the church, death means a promotion. Death means a promotion. You hear a lot about when a sinner dies, his, their family just can't get over it. And I know one family in particular. They were together, and, and the mother had passed away. She had died of a heart attack, and that was several years ago. And it still does not seem like they can pull it together. This still seems like they're still having a hard time. And there's all this family strife going back and forth. And I have not heard from them. Uh, they were co-workers of mine. But you could tell and you hear the drama every morning when they came in. And how their home life is just tearing, being torn apart. And how they wish the mother was still alive. But I've had, we've had funerals recently in the church. Uh, one lady died of a heart attack or whatever. But you know what? We haven't heard much of it because her husband and her son are still serving God. There hasn't been a, a footprint that God hasn't filled up in place of that. God knows what we have need of. And you know what? We can continue on whether we die today. And if our loved ones will know that we're in heaven, then everything's all right. right. Everything is all right. We can go back and continue to serve God. Amen. We call it a promotion, not a death. God is the one who gave you the job in the first place. You get laid off, he'll give you another one. God is the one who made it possible to, where we, to live where we live. If you lose the place you live, God will give you another one. While the rest of the world is worried about the COVID and the hardships it brings, we as believers can stand amongst the multitudes and praise God. Our text this morning from Philippians 4 6 said, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That, that verse, uh, there's a reason verse 7 comes after verse 6. 
is when you have this worry and you say, God, this is what I'm worried about. This is what I have need of. I'm bringing it to you. I thank you, Lord, for everything you've given me. That's when verse 7 kicks in, and that's when the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, will come and flood your heart and your mind. Now, what does that mean? Passes all understanding. Well, when you can go and say, yeah, I, I, yeah, this has happened, this has happened, this happened, but praise God, I'm still in a good mood. Praise God, I can still go to church. And then the unbelievers will look at you and say, that doesn't make any sense. Why are you not drinking your life away? Why are you not depressed? Why are you not in despair? We have the same problems you do, but you're happy about it. Why is that? That's when you can say, well, the peace of God has flooded my soul. The peace, peace of God makes no sense to you, but it makes sense to me. That's why I can shout and sing in the good times and the bad times. That's why I can shout in tribulation and I can shout in victory. Because my God is still alive. My God is still moving. I got the Holy Ghost and I can continue to sing and dance and shout even though the walls of the city are crumbling down. Praise God. Praise God. Just like uh, Jeremiah, he was down. He was depressed. He said, I can't preach the word of God no more. Nobody's listening. I have all this prophecy. Bad things are coming. But he said, I can't keep my mouth shut for the word of God is like a fire in my bones. And that's the same thing when we have the bad times and the terrible times. It's that joy and peace of God is still a fire in your bones. Hallelujah. We don't have to worry about what is going on because God is still in control. He's never let up control. You can say, well, all this is happening. Why is God letting things slip? No, God has his hand on the entire situation. You're telling me that those, those twin towers happen to collapse straight down in the middle on their own? No, God allowed them to collapse straight down on their own to preserve the rest of the area, to save lives. He allowed them to collapse the way they did. It wasn't no bombs or some uh, cunningly devised fable that people are saying that involved in 9-11. God had his hand on that entire day. Yes, he allowed it to happen. Evil people inspired by an evil lord named Satan conspired and committed those acts. But it was God that saved many lives that day. It was God that allowed things to happen the way they did and allowed us to recover and still become a great and mighty nation even after those events. God is still in control. We don't have to worry or fret about what we see on TV or read because God is still in control. When we realize that and bring our genuine cares to Him, He will, according to His scripture... Right there that I read, give us the peace that makes no understanding to anybody else. There is a growing concern. Now listen here carefully. There is a growing concern amongst the church world today. At least I've noticed it. I don't know if other preachers have noticed it, but I've noticed it. Today, growing concern about end times prophecy and such and anytime there's some major thing happening that's when we start looking at the end times and the revelation and different things that are going to happen it's in the bible that that's not a conspiracy or anything things that are written in the bible will happen but when we see these events happen we, we start to 
people start to freak out and think that this is it. It's happening. It's going to happen right now. But we've had other world events that are a lot more hectic and crazier that have happened. But the end has not yet happened. But many have tried to tie in current events and figures, as in people, to things that are written in Revelation. Many believers are being destroyed because they get wrapped up in these conspiracy theories about deep state, the coronavirus, and that. And coronavirus is not a conspiracy theory; it's real. So let's I want to put that in its proper place. But when you take it so out of context, the deep state, coronavirus, vaccines, all these things, many believers freak out over things like the mark of the beast. New technology, and this is all here in the message. Medical advancements. They get all, when you hear new stuff, they start freaking out. This is it. This is it. This is the end. And I knew of a family. I know of a family who left God because they allowed their minds to get so wrapped up about things they were watching on YouTube, about the government hidden agenda and stuff. It took them away from God. Because when the preacher got up and told them there's nothing to worry about, they didn't want to hear it. They were so convinced about it. To the point where they were, they were watching stuff that, that twisted the word of God around. Started saying stuff that the Bible did not say about the giants that you read about in Genesis chapter 6. And how it all relates nowadays to uh, the Democratic Party. And, and stuff that made no sense. Was not biblical whatsoever. And eventually they left God. They left the church. Because they wanted to fill their minds with what they read on the internet. And what they were watching. But let's clear the air today. Real simple. As a believer... We will not be here for the mark of the beast. Thank God. We're not going to be here for the mark of the beast. Because the Bible tells us that we will be raptured before the Antichrist who issues the mark of the beast becomes revealed. We won't even be around when the Antichrist is revealed. We'll be gone. We'll be up in heaven. And we read that in 2 Thessalonians 2 and 7. So yes, we teach about the end times. We teach about the mark of the beast because it's in the Bible and God put it in there for us to teach. But we don't have to worry about it. We don't have to worry about going to work and having someone say, come on, it's time for you to get the mark of the beast. If that's the case, then you've missed the rapture. And there is no hope for you now anyway. We don't have to worry about it. The Holy Ghost will not allow your mind, and this is another thing that's going around, to be controlled by a cell phone tower. People are saying that. There's 5G cell phone towers. They're going to use it to control your minds. Well, let's go read 1 John 4 and 4. That tells you that it's not going to happen. Presidents, dictators, and leaders come and go, and it is God that allows them to rise and fall. So you, this president is doing this. It's the end. God's the one who put him in that office. God is the one who's going to take him out of that office. This dictator, God allows him to be in that office, and God is going to take him out of that office. It's 
still God that has control over it all. We don't have to worry about it. And yes, one day we may get a pounding on our door saying, it's time, get in the cattle car, you're a Christian, it's illegal to be a Christian. So you know what? You just go ahead and get in that cattle car and let God take care of the rest. If we got to go worship in the woods, it's okay. I'm not worried about it because my life is not bound to earth. I look for a city whose builder and maker is God. It's going to happen, and other nations have had it. There's been all sorts of Christian persecutions before. We're just lucky to be living here in a country where we can worship God. But other people in, in Africa and stuff, they don't have that freedom. That's their reality. They've been worshiping in caves and in woods and in basements their entire life. It's nothing new to them. But we freak out when we hear somebody in the news say, they're going to stop you from reading the Bible. We start freaking out. No one can stop you from reading the Bible. No one can stop you from going to church. No one can stop you from praying. God will open up a way for us to still have church no matter what. He'll make sure that the word of God is put in your heart if you can't read one on paper. Bill Gates is nothing. Past and current presidents are nothing Scientists and their technology is nothing unless God makes them something. We don't have to worry about these people. They're talking about the Illuminati and all these secret governments and stuff. Okay, maybe there is a secret government. Maybe they are planning mass extinction of mankind. Who cares? God says it's not going to be the end. We know what's going to happen to mankind in the end. God is the one who wrote time. God is the one who wrote the word of God. So we don't have to worry about it. Let's just continue to serve God. He is, was, and always will be the ultimate authority and power in the universe. You want a reference for that? John 19 and 11. Jesus saying to Pilate, You have no power unless over me unless it's been given to you by God. Romans, and we're going to read some here. Romans 8 and 31. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who could be against us? So don't worry about what the government says about churches. If God's for us, ain't nobody can come against us. Praise God. And then verse 32 and on. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not... With him also freely give us all things. We don't have to worry about not getting what we need. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. No one can lie about us. They can try, but God knows the truth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. We have somebody on our side. His name is Jesus. We don't have to worry about everybody turning against us. Jesus makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword, or layoffs, or COVID-19, or uh, natural disasters, or uh, broken families? Shall these things take us away from the word of God, uh, from the love of Christ? Absolutely not. So we don't have to worry about that. It, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, 
and all these things, we are more than conquerors to him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What am I saying by this whole message? What is the whole issue that we're talking about here? Let's stop worrying about what's happening in our world and let's keep our eyes on Jesus. Let's stop worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow or later today. Let's stop worrying about this figure and this government and this law. And let's focus on what God has for us. It's God we're focusing on. It's God that we look to. It's God that's going to preserve us no matter what. He's not going to let anything happen to you that's not going to be for your benefit. He said, all things are come to good for those who are called according to his purpose, who love him. That means no matter what happens, God's going to make some good out of it. We, the believers of the true and living God, are not living in uncertain times because we know that God has already laid the foundations of tomorrow and it is designed for our benefit. God is responsible for feeding us, clothing us, keeping us alive until it is His time to take us home. Fear is of Satan and not of God. And I may mention this earlier from 2 Timothy 1 and 7. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. If there is something that is worrying you this morning, if there is some uncertainty in our minds, then we got to go before the throne of grace. Go before God, kneeling humbly unto him. Let him know what's bothering us and make our cares known to him and his peace and certainty and comfort will come among us and will give us that clarity we need because we're not uncertain about what's happening because we know that there's a God in heaven who has us taken care of. There's a God who's got us taken care of. And as we bow our heads and close our minds today, let's not be thrown to and fro like a ship in the sea in the midst of a storm, not knowing what's going to happen. Jesus is handling it right now. Jesus is on the scene in this country and in this world. We don't have to fear anything. We don't have to worry because our God has us covered. We are living in a certain time with a certain Christ. We have the certain love with a certain peace. God's got you covered today. There's no need to fear. Let's find a place to pray. Let's go to the Lord. Let's make our petitions known. There's nothing wrong with worry initially. 
but you can't hang on to it. You got to give it to God. Give it to Him. Go ahead and start singing.